in a very weird place with this where I'm just like, I don't know what's, I just don't know what's going on. I just don't know what's going on here. And it's kind of fascinating. So, yeah, I don't know. So who, who knows what's going on? I don't know what's going on. My dog definitely doesn't know what's going on. No, but you, do you know who does know what's going on? Who's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today, we are starting a brand new series. And it's this guy right here. It is Mock X. It's 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 backwards on my screen. XCOM. It's backwards on mine, too. <laughs> XCOM UFO Defense. A novel. A novel. Uh, <laughs> I always a love, novelty reading. I, lo- I always love that when books just have like a novel on it. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what the actual, like what's the background behind just like putting a novel? Is there, is it to describe, to differentiate it from like I, a, a stethoscope? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a, a, a XCOM UFO defense. A pack of cigarettes. The pack uh, of cigarettes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think the only the only thing I can think of with that is that it's it's an adaptation of a video game using the video game's cover art um, from the time period released around the same time as the, like just to just to just to really emphasize the point that's like don't insert any of these pages into your floppy disk drive. They will not install XCOM. This is yeah. XCOM, a novel. So what are we doing here? We're talking XCOM. Phil, who wrote XCOM? Diane Duane, who's who's she? Aside Diane. from having a last name, that's a first name. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it, is, uh, it is really funny when we do this show, and we have all of these authors who sometimes I might know a little bit about, often don't. And, uh, and, and you just find out that they have this crazy uh, library of work, this enormous body of work. And, and Diane Duane is one of those people. Uh, she is best known for a, a young adult series she did uh, called Young Wizards. Um, but she also wrote extensively for the Star Trek uh, uh, franchise. Um, she's written for... Uh, several TV shows she's written for uh, uh, just like the franchises go on and on. She did a trilogy of Spider-Man novels. She did a series called the middle kingdoms, which was I'm getting here that it's kind of an LGBTQ IA plus kind of series, uh, which is kind of fascinating because um, they came out in the late seventies into uh, the, the nineties, which is hmm wild uh so that's really interesting i don't i I might be getting bad information but if that's the case that's kind of groundbreaking uh it you know that's just not a common thing for that time period right interesting Um, yeah really interesting stuff she's covered uh done a lot of uh short stories done a lot of comic books uh she's also written for tv shows like scooby and scrappy doo uh captain uh, caveman if you remember that one Mm, um, she wrote for DuckTales. Uh, she uh, she and she wrote for um, uh, some earliest uh, some of the earlier episodes of Star Trek: The, the Next Generation. 
Wow. And and she and her husband, who's an Irish uh, 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 science fiction fantasy writer, actually wrote side episodes for Batman the Animated Series and Gargoyles. Wow. Yeah, she's got some serious geek cred. It's it's Those are kind two of amazing. Shows that I grew up on. Yeah, yeah, same here. And she's uh, still working, uh, not as uh, uh, prolifically as she used to. But when you're when you're looking at the '70s and '80s and '90s, uh, this woman was really yeah. cranking no, it out back then. It's pretty badass. Just like yeah. on her on her website, uh, as you said, the, the the Middle Kingdoms series that she's uh, uh, been working on. To, Debuting in 1979 with the door into fire uh, and causing Di- uh, Dwayne to be nominated two years running for outstanding award for best new writer in the sci-fi fantasy field, the pansexual, polyamorous, and broadly inclusive fictional culture Dwayne constructed for the Middle Kingdoms was an early example of non-straight representation in the epic fantasy genre. That's, that's crazy. That's fascinating. That's I like would, that's a really big deal. Like that is. I that would is, I would like to it. So some of the the bona fides that you've mentioned have make me curious to read something else that she's written. Yes, because as you and I have been discussing uh, through text and before the show, so far, not keen on this book. <laughs> Yes, this this feels we you know we're we're working with right for higher professionals here. That is right. exclusively uh, the people we read, and uh, sometimes they're able to inject some of their own artistry into it, their own personality. This very much feels like a paycheck. Yes, uh, this was this was something. It, it feels like something that she got out uh, to uh, to to make a car payment or something like it. Just right. it just. This was uh, whether they didn't give her a lot of time or she didn't want to take a lot of time on it or something. It 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 feels a little uh, rushed, let's say. Yeah. So um, before we get into it, let's talk about what the uh, game it is based on. It is based on it's based on XCOM. That is oh. the 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 real granddaddy of the turn based tactical squad shooter uh, game. Um, it is, it is, a uh, classic. It's not the first, but it's one of the greatest to really, uh, set the stage for everything that came, uh, is created by, uh, the brothers Gollop, uh, Julian and Nick. Um, and I actually did a, back when I was still doing YouTube videos, I did a, a pretty deep dive on the XCOM, uh, uh XCOM's creation. Yeah, um, it's it's a real fascinating story. I mean, the game was just like in production. It was like canceled twice and they just kept going. And like the company was companies were being acquired or whatever. So they just kept making it and hope that people forgot that it was canceled. Right. It's, it's 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 really funny. Um, but yeah, they they actually they got it out and it really changed uh, changed the course of uh, of gaming. I don't say that lightly because it is the game that inspired Jake Solomon to become a game designer. And ultimately, Jake Solomon's big contribution is the remake of XCOM, uh, which really relaunched that series in the modern day. Um, it's and it's it's pretty faithful uh, to the original in, in a lot of ways, and it changes it up in ways that are 
uh, important and necessary. Um, and, you know, Jake Solomon has since left Firaxis, but not before, uh, you know, XCOM, XCOM 2. And one of my favorite games of uh, last year, which was Marvel's Midnight Suns. Um, yes. And so uh, he, he was the in charge for those three games. Uh, he is off on his own thing. But, you know, I, I wish... Uh, with all the hours that I've dedicated to XCOM, both all versions, you know, I yeah. wish nothing but Julian Gallup and Jake Solomon and everybody involved, nothing but the best in their in their careers. Um, and Jake and Julian Gallup actually had an XCOM like game that he released uh, a couple years ago. Um, Which one was that? Is Phoenix Point? I want to say. Oh gosh, I remember that. I never played that. I never one, got to you? play it, but huh. um, uh, it was. Not everybody's cup of tea when it came out, but I think it, it was patched to be something better uh, over time. Um, but yeah, so that's the game that we're talking about, XCOM. And forgot, the point of XCOM is you are running a, a covert um, military operation that is contributed to by all the uh, nations uh, of the Earth. And uh, your one and only duty is to stop uh ufo invasions um and it was inspired by uh there's like a few there's like a tv show i want to what was i forget the name of the tv show it might have been ufo um or or something like that um it's in the video that i made go watch the video that i made and go watch the video kevin made just go watch the video just trust and me on this it's it it'll it'll uh slate your your uh, your curiosity uh, for for the history of XCOM. Um, with that all being said, what do you say? Should we yeah. put the body in the marsh? Let's put the body in the marsh. Let's put the body in the marsh. I spent all fucking night dragging the poor bastard in there. Tell me how they find him so fast. So we start uh, chapter one. Uh, a very good place we, to start. It's a very good place to start. And we're in a terror mission right off the bat, thrown into, into the deep end. Terra Mission in Ravenna, which is in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, and the aliens are doing a terror mission in Ravenna, killing people, blowing up history. And our main character uh, at this point is an XCOM colonel named, by the name of Ari, who is overseeing the defense of the city. And over the next few pages, we get a lot of military stuff back and forth be like ah, i'm closing in oh i'm shooting blah 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 you know that kind of stuff that that non-character military action filler jargon i would say uh it's not that interesting to read it's not like um <laughs> it's not like what's what's his name from the halo books who writes like those damn good naval battles where you get oh, really Island? Yeah, uh, Eric Nyland, who, yeah. who writes those those naval battles, that you're like, fuck yeah! But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does feel very much right off the bat like a transcript of a game of XCOM. Which honestly, there are times in this first chapter in that first battle, this first scene where it, that could work. Actually, you know, it, yeah. you know, uh, transcribing. Um, a battle from XCOM. There are worse things to 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 base your story on, but 
it leaves a lot of assumptions in there. It's very clear right off the bat. Excuse me. Jesus. That uh, you are to have played this game to right. understand what's going on. Yeah. We get uh, we get alien soldiers and troopers mentioned with very right. little in the way of description. Uh, yeah, sometimes like, there like are m- uh, the, the, the mutons and the sectoids yeah. and the. There's not a whole lot of lot. Of, yeah, it's, let let's not stop and and describe them. It's like ah, oh, they're we're the mutants are hulking. Right. We all know what what's happening here. We all know what a muton looks like. It's like well, maybe we don't. Um, right. I will say though that the strangest aspect of this fight. Hey, there's a munchkin. A munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the strangest thing in this and and Kevin, did you ever you played the original XCOM? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, and it if from I've never played it, but I adore uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown and XCOM Two. They're they're just MVP games for me. I I still come right. back to them constantly. Um, yeah. They are difficult games, and sure. the the story, the legend, the lore, if you will, among older grognards like us is that uh, XCOM UFO defense makes those games look like a walk in the park in terms of difficulty. Yeah, in terms of complexity, yeah. definitely. Um, it's, and frustration. <laughs> and frustration. Because XCOM UFO defense is... There's like two... There's multiple levels to it like just like the other ones there's two levels there's base management and there is the the actual combat but neither of those things are tutorialized in a way that really obviously i think it's it's one of those things where if you had the instruction manual you'd be fine sure but if you are somebody who just didn't happen to have the instruction manual or whatever you're playing it um, it was one of those games that was very complex in terms of like, oh, I gotta, it, the, the base building level reminded me, you ever play Aerobiz? No. Okay. It's a, it's a Koei game, um, where basically you managed airports and like airports and like airline, um, like connections and things like that. Okay. Uh, it reminded me of that where it was like very spreadsheety. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So yeah, uh, very, um, Oh, what's that? What's that MMORPG that, that uh, is super spreadsheety. Um, the science fiction one that everyone goes. Oh, like, Eve online. Uh, yes. Eve online. Very deep group of nerds. Yeah. Filling out spreadsheets I mean, and shit. And, and not to, to that extent, but yeah. you know, just enough to, <laughs> to like make my like little kid not great at math brain be like mm. right right <laughs> and and even in the user friendlier version that's been coming out in the past 10 years or so those versions of the game the Firaxis versions um it there's still a lot of frustration even even in the earlier levels and that sort of thing you you do get to a point where you feel real cocky and confident and then uh you start somehow missing 95% sure things. Um, The math and that is bullshit. And, uh, but this opening battle 
is a, a is a, a steamroller. They absolutely kick the aliens' ass. Uh, yeah, they talk about like taking several ethereals hostage. Yeah, uh, they did. They take two ethereals. Like one guy single handedly does that. Single handedly, and, and like just just dozens of dead mutons and all this. And it's just as a guy who has played at least the later versions of these games, I was like. What are you? Are you playing on like ultra, ultra, ultra easy mode? Like, how the fuck? You, this does not playing, sound. Are you playing with cheats on? Right, exactly. <laughs> you got God mode on or something. It does. It's <laughs> they. It does swing to a uh, to a, a, a bitter, a somewhat more bitter conclusion, uh, I guess. But sure, it, 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 it still it still feels like a real home run for the humans right off the bat, which is not generally how these kinds of books begin. Usually right. we get them into an underdog situation. Yeah, no, there's no underdog situation in the first two chapters here. I'm just spoiling that right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so um, one of the things I noticed that passes for humor in these page, or opening pages is like a standard military tough guy talk, uh-huh. um, as well as like malapropisms. And the one that, that made me shut the book was let's not count the chicken before it's home in the fridge. And I'm like, fuck off. You know, <laughs> like shut up. No, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, I know this is 1995 and maybe it's, it hasn't become cliche yet to, to use malapropisms uh, for humor, but right. it's, you know, uh, it, it was clever when in 1985, when, when you have Biff Tannen doing it in back to the future, <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, uh, like make like a tree and get out of here. You know, things right. lines exactly. like that. But um, and I've seen it, it. This isn't the first book. And I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Diane, for picking on this one. It's just that <laughs> we've read. A, there's been a bunch of them over the past two years where somebody will say a malprop like an author will put a malpropism in there uh, for humor when there's no. Uh, it's never like the correct version is never addressed. It's only funny if somebody acknowledges that it's stupid. You yeah. know, it's. <laughs> I think that's that's something people forgot. That this is hardly the first person to do that. It's something that they started like just. It's just funny because they're saying it wrong, and and that's that's going to have to do. Um, right, it's going to have yeah. to do. You don't but have future Biff being, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, leave. Yeah, you don't have <laughs> you don't have him screaming at his past self. Like, you're, you're like a tree and leave. Like you know, yeah, you don't have that. <laughs> you sound like a moron. <laughs> I love that movie. I haven't seen that movie. It's so long. What uh, part two? All of them? any of them? Yeah, any? Just of watch. Them. Just throw them on and and watch them all. Has Emily watched them? That's a very good question. We have been go. We have been going through like a big trilogy thing lately. Sure. So that could be back to the uh, back to the future trilogy might be worth it. That could be uh, worth it. Yeah. That's just advice for everybody out there. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's you, good. That's good medicine for all of you. Really. That's that's good chicken soup for the soul right there. Is <laughs> is, is uh the Back to the Future trilogy? Because guess what? Uh, back to the Future Part Three. It's it slaps. I don't care what you say. It's a Western and it's fun and it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty got ZZ good. Top in it. Yeah, it's fine. It's, uh, it's but fine. The rest of the movie's good. Yeah, 
guys, look, you know, uh, we have, we have, we, you know, we're old enough to remember when uh, Return of the Jedi was the shitty Star Wars. You know, yeah. things, things, things could get a lot worse. So just, just take, take your third movie in a loved trilogy that you thought maybe was a bit lower quality than the rest and hold it close to your, to your bosom and your, thank it to your dear dead heart. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Christopher. It Lloyd. could be worse. Could be Godfather part three. Yes. It can always be Godfather. It can always part be three. worse. And so, you know, comparing, uh, back to the future part three to a lot of other trilogies, end of trilogies. Come on. It's, I mean, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty far up there on my book. It's yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Couldn't argue with that if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that was that actually made me LOL a little bit was referring to the mausoleum as a giant tit. That um, was pretty funny. That was pretty. <laughs> they, yeah, we've got we've got one one trooper uh, asking the other one over the radio where over the comms. Where are you? It's, I'm I'm hiding under the giant tit. That's a mausoleum, you fucking moron. Uh, <laughs> Pretty funny, actually. Pretty funny. It's a good. That's a good moment. That's, that's good moments. That's that is that's, that is a good, good like like kind of like kind of dumb soldier line right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Super colonial marines style kind colonial of bullshit. marines. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Good yeah. stuff. Is is good joke. Yes. Um, is good joke. Yeah. At some point, there's a line, and I forget if it's in this part or the next part. Um, but. There's a line about the pre a previous terror attack on Rome and how the Colosseum is rubble and the Pope is underneath it. Yeah, they just threw that in there. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why was the Pope at the Colosseum? <laughs> they just threw that in there. It's not referenced again, at least as far it's just the Colosseum went down with the Pope underneath it. Like, what? Why? How? Why are we telling that story? That sounds really interesting. That sounds really interesting. How did the Pope? Why did the Pope end up in the Colosseum? Yeah, your climax is the is the Colosseum. Somehow the Pope standing on top of a pile of sectoid corpses, shooting like stolen alien technology, like Chewie at the end of Vector Prime, just fucking. Uh, that, that's what? Where's that book? Holy shit! Oh I would my read the God. fuck out of that. The Pope. Fending off an alien inva invasion and become and getting crushed like Chewie at the end of Vector Prime. Yeah, is, why is, not? That's that would be metal as fuck. Um, I would, love and that's that. the thing. That's the thing. You know, Phil and I are not religious, but we do realize that it only takes like one degree of of subversion to make uh, some of that shit metal. You know? Yeah, it's it, true. It really, just just like boop, and I'm like, oh wow. Mm -hmm. If, to to if, borrow something from from Hess, now that would be bitching Van Art. Um, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's it's. Oh boy. It, I mean, you know, that's the thing. I'm not. I've got, I've got my issues uh, with the Catholic Church, as as I know you do, Kevin. But uh, yeah, it's it's difficult to not describe it as metal. Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty fucking metal. So uh, just yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Aesthetically. All. Aesthetically. Aesthetically, it's very metal. Blasphemous. Yeah. The video game. Metal metals fuck yeah metals fuck bro um so there's a lot of names uh and they're mostly unmemorable first names i have a problem with everybody using their first names on it's like 
It's like Bobby and Timmy and yeah, especially and, with a military kind of thing. Especially yeah. that's a yeah yeah. Um, there's no there's no call signs. There's no uh, it's not last name. It's just you know names. Um, yeah. So there's some concern over someone named Doris, and then when Which, she shows what the up, hell. <laughs> Doris. Doris, yeah. you know. XCOM's Doris. deadliest Doris. XCOM's deadliest. She's the she X Doris was a sniper. Uh her her nickname it was was Dead Eye Doris. Um she was from Iowa. I'm making all this up, by the way. But um <laughs> Dead Eye I actually when you said that, I was like, I was like. Was that in the Dimus that? That sounds no, actually pretty no, cool. No, but that would be pretty uh, badass, right? Uh, so Doris shows up, and she's clearly mutating from a chrysalid implant. Um, like, her arm is melting or whatever, and she's, like, <laughs> going... And uh, uh, she attacks Ari, and meanwhile... <laughs> <laughs> back home at the ranch, um, our other main character... Junelle Barrett is the commander of the XCOM outpost in Irhil Mogun, which is a mountain in Morocco. Yes. Um, and she's lingering over a letter she got recently promoting her to be the commander of a new base in Switzerland that she will you that she will construct and use to oversee European operations. Yes. Um, and she's also listening in on the mission. And we get a lot of backstory about how she was promoted from colonel to a commander to take over this failing base. Um, she's like throwing darts at the old commander, a photo of the old commander because he let yeah. things get so bad. Um, she did a full on Elon Musk and sold everything and and fired all the staff pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> Th this section is actually where I think because I think the uh, the author's intent gets pretty good. Um, I don't care much for the writing style itself. It's a personal thing. It yeah. feels a little rushed, but right. I think that this section of the book actually exemplifies XCOM in a nutshell. It's actually some really solid uh, adaptation because you don't think about the fact when you're playing XCOM that you are earning money and selling things on the black market, but it's just kind of standard issue shit for a video sure. game. You know, I bought leather armor in the last village, but they've got chain mail now. So I'm going to sell the leather armor and buy chain mail. It, it, it's just something you do without thinking about it. But she actually addresses the fact that this is a worldwide possible calamity, like an, an invasion from a right. hostile alien force. And she had to come in and get her capitalism on uh, to right. make things work. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious and actually she, very, it's yeah, very good goes, for the game. She says something like, like I, uh, I had to sell a bunch of sectoid corpses on the black right. market. And, <laughs> and she's has like, no idea who bought them. <laughs> she's like, I don't know what they're using them for. Right. Snuff films, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. She has no idea. She has no. <laughs> she just knows that she makes a certain amount of money a pop, and yeah. uh, and they need that cash. So yeah, she comes in and just has a fucking garage sale. Yeah, uh, and, and then yeah. and when she gets things up and running, she's like, "We're really good at maze making laser rifles. Like we have a mm -hmm. surplus of laser rifles in our in-house factory, and we sell those." 
And like, she's just waiting for the day when a country, a country's leader gets overthrown it's, with laser <laughs> rifles that she created in her fat. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> like, she actually said, she's like, she's like, yeah, we're kind of creating an Al Qaeda situation here. Like, we're just like, but we need them. We'll deal with that after the aliens are gone, I guess. Like, it, it's, it's actually like yeah kind of like that would be a strange that would be a beautiful like spiritual sequel uh to to xcom where it's like aliens are gone but you have to deal with the aftermath of all that shit and there are revolutions (laughs) all there's revolutions and terror groups and yeah it's like the terror attacks aren't aliens anymore it's just people who fucking stole you know alien uh tech and are using it now. yeah white christian nationalists have like ufo tech now and and the midwest is fucked like yeah. that's some fascinating shit like that's that is a really interesting notion and i get, don't get think get we're gonna get ron, into it yeah get ron perlman to narrate that opening <laughs> you know it's amazing. like iowa iowa never changes it's it's i don't yeah so i don't think we're gonna address them in this book but she hits on some really fascinating ideas that really pull uh the context of the game into uh, a laser focus it's very interesting yeah so i wish we were just with jonelle like the entire time Mm. I mean, I guess developing Ari is important because he seems like he's one of the main protagonists of the story. Yeah. But uh, that whole stuff with Janelle was a lot more interesting than the battle sequence. It's it's fascinating. It is a fascinating look into the world we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, so we get back to the terror mission and uh, Ari was saved by everyone in the squad shooting Doris. Um, and then the chrysalid thing that came out of her. Um, the squad ends up getting pinned down by a bunch of alien dudes, but they really can't see anything. They make it very clear that even with like night vision goggles, their their eyesight is still worse than like the aliens' natural vision at yeah. night. So they're like they're getting pinned down, but they they're not really sure where they're shooting from. Um, and so Ari, there's a scene where Ari borrows money from people. He's like, I got an idea. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so he's like, anybody have, uh, it was a, like 200 lira. Um, it would have been lira then, right? Or, yeah. or, uh, and, and they're like, no, I got, somebody's like, I got, I got pesos. And another person's like, I got francs. And he's like, ah, you're all useless. Um, so he gets the money and he's like, all right, you guys got to cover me. Um, and everybody's, you know, trying to their best to cover him. And he just runs out in the middle of the square. He starts running towards a church. He gets into the church and he puts the money into this like lighting setup and it lights up the whole square. Like there's just lights turn on everywhere. And now, and suddenly the XCOM squad is able to like see where the aliens are located and they just wipe them out. Um, and you know, huzzah, heck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, one of the squad members, uh, Elizabetta is like, Hey, how did he know that was in there? And Ari is like, 
<laughs> a gentleman never tells. Um, and then, you know, we actually get into the fact that Ari and Janelle are in a inappropriate workplace relationship. <laughs> they took like, a vacation together to Ravenna. Really inappropriate. Yeah. They took a vacation together to Ravenna, and that's when they saw it. Uh, Ari doesn't say that to anybody, but that's why he, he knew because he had been there before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and this is the first of two times in this section of the book uh, that uh, something in my brain flashed. Oh, sounds like our author had a vacation in Ravenna recently. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so specific and so like that that totally. I haven't looked it up. I haven't. I uh, but that exists. I I have to believe that that exists. And and Diane Duane went out with her husband or with some friends or whatever to Ravenna and went, Oh, for 200 lira, you hit the thing. And it did, it lights up the whole square. And she wrote that down and put it in her pocket. Uh, it's, it's so specific that I, I refuse it's to very believe that, that isn't real. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we get to chapter two. Um, we're, we're at the base and Janelle is giving Ari a right chewing out for being really yeah. dumb. And taking a risk by turning the lights on and determines that because of this, she can't trust him to be commander of the current base when she leaves and that he has to come with her. There's no That's, other reason. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. No, of course not. <laughs> smooth. Uh, Real smooth, smooth lady. <laughs> um, Ari's like, I understand your decision. And then Janelle is like, all right, dickbag, let's go look at these maps. She has all these <laughs> maps of Switzerland laid out. Um and they're sorting through the maps to find the best spot for a new base, uh, which is going to seem like pointless by the end of this chapter. Um, yes. She also mentions that if he doesn't get his act together, he will be managing the fake base that is their UN cover rather than have any XCOM duties. Um, so there's a little moment where she's like, did you know the Chevrolet logo was based on the shape of Switzerland? This <laughs> is. This is where we start to get stupid. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that. And he's and the guy and Ari's like, well, I guess it kind of has like four blobby areas. But um, so I had to look it up because I was like, mm -hmm. what? Um, yeah. So no one actually knows the the origin of the Chevrolet logo. There's several theories. Um, one is that it's based on the Swiss flag, which is just a cross. Sure. Uh, the other is that it is, um, it was based on a wallpaper pattern that the founder saw in a hotel room and he tore it off the wall and is like, this is cool. And like, I want my logo to be this. And another is that he was just doodling, you know, logo ideas at the dinner table. According to his daughter, he was just doodling logos at the dinner table one night. Um, and and that was what he landed on. That was it. Um, so I've not, I, I, I have not, I didn't find a single theory that it was based on the actual shape of Switzerland. No, uh, of course not. So it's too easy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a random fucking moment. And it's, and it's, we're getting a lot of these. It's, it's, um, <laughs> It's padded. It, it, it feels like Tarantino uh, uh, dialogue. It's like, yeah. this is not a long book. This is a 240-page book. This is actually one of the shorter novels we read yeah. uh, among the ones we've read. And uh, and uh, it's already adding in like, 
again, Tarantino-esque asides that do not come back up again are kind of pointless. And it's just, again, I think someone had a little vacation and had some <laughs> trivia to share with friends, families, and readers. It just, it comes out of nowhere and it feels really weird. Yeah. They land, they decide on a place called Andermatt. Uh, don't know if I'm pron- pronouncing that correctly. Sure, sure, somebody will tell me. And decide that that's probably the best place to to go. Uh, Janelle talks about how a lot of the mountains are hollow in Switzerland for military purposes. This is also not really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is also bullshit. Okay, so I looked it up, and uh, like the Swiss, because they have so many goddamn mountains, uh, they have done a, a lot of like tunneling through mountains and like digging out the base of a mountain to use as like a hangar or something like that for for airplanes. It's not like they actually hollowed out a mountain. You know what I mean? It's not like right. construct. It's not like real construction inside of a mountain. Exactly. Uh, it's, yeah. It's it, not. It's not James Bond villain shit. It's, yes. Um. Yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We know what you're up to, Swiss. Um. So, uh, still at the base. Then they go for a walk. Uh, Ari and Janelle are walking around, talking about the people that they're promoting to Colonel and taking with them. As well as watching, what the fuck was this game? They're watching a game called Crud. Oh, which yeah. From yeah. the description, seems to be full contact billiards. It, but but yeah, but that's a stretch because they're just using the billiard balls to like what they have. It's two billiard balls. One that's on the table, and the other one that people are basically fighting over physically fighting over to hurl at the one on the table in order to knock it into uh, a pocket. This is just being drunk. And there happens to be a pool table handy. I've played this game. Uh, It's not a game. It's just, I'm drunk and there are, there are two balls on the billiard table and oops, I have a concussion. Like that's what that's what we called the game. Oops, all concussions. Uh. Oops, all concussions. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you because you have played the original. Is this is this a reference? Is this a thing? No. Uh, okay. Yep. No. I don't. Again, I I just and it's and it's never brought up again. Yeah. Other than and Janelle like, was the best at crud ever. Right. Um, yeah. Fucking Mary Sue bullshit. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I suppose she's a Jedi master too. Uh, no woke it, pandering it, garbage. <laughs> um, Look, men and women should just be equal. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I felt, I didn't, it felt really dirty. I didn't feel good about that. Oh, my stomach yeah, hurts. Uh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, like a sergeant gets a billiard ball thrown at his head. Uh, and, and, and the, the author even makes a point of going, it's totally not on purpose. You guys wink. Wink. Uh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's like we get a glimpse into how animal house, the XCOM project is. It, it really felt like we were like, all right, well, this is just like some random ass most icely cantina bar game yeah. that they're playing. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's so weird. Figrin Dan and the modal nodes are over there in the corner playing <laughs> playing their jizz. Jizz. I had to explain that to Emily that the music in that that is jizz. And is jizz. Uh, it's not jazz. It's and we, jizz. And 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 
then the, uh, 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 one of the, oh, it was the scene in the first uh, of the new trilogy where they go into the little, uh, the criminality den uh, out, out in the middle of nowhere. They're playing. It's basically meant to stir up yeah. images of Moz Eisley Cantina. And Emily looks right at me and goes, they're playing jizz. And I was like, I love <laughs> you so much. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> Play that song um, again. Play it again. Just keep looping it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the, <laughs> uh, Ari guesses that um, she's going to leave DeLonghi in command because he's up for it alongside her and is a bit of an asshole, but the good kind? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, we also, need this kind of asshole. Also, they talk to the guy who's like, yeah, I captured two ethereals by myself. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you didn't. Uh, hey. Okay. That's, that's, that feels very suspicious. No, you didn't. Yeah. Sus. Um, Sus, yep. And they, there's a lot of description about how ugly that dude is. Um, he was yeah. the kind of ugly that, made, that stopped most fights before they started uh, <laughs> because nobody wanted to find out how he got that way. <laughs> okay. Didn't need to feel bad for this guy this early on. All right, fine. Fuck it. Whatever. Um. So they're going around, and they they go, walk to the to the uh, science area, the sciencey area, science. um, and all the scientists are sleeping except for the guy that they're going to talk to, Trenchard, uh, who's the head of research, and they're going to ask him about coming with them to look at the new location. And he's excited, but he says, okay, I can't go for more than two days because he doesn't want to leave his assistants rudderless for too long. And he's in the middle of researching the ethereals, uh, which he thinks are the aliens in charge, and trying to figure out like how their their big old brains actually function metabolically. He because mm. he's like, it doesn't make sense. Like they don't they don't seem to intake enough calories to actually work that thing <laughs> right like basically all of their organs are atrophied their their limbs don't work not it's just but but yet uh like it's a big old they, brain they, they make it work with that big ass brain of theirs yeah um so they uh they're off to switzerland and it is cold there it's cold outside every morning what is this miami beach <laughs> miami beach <laughs> Put your little hand in mine. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow. How's everyone doing? Y'all having fun out there? Good. Good. Oh, gosh. We're back to the future. Groundhog's Day. We're, we're just It's a reference episode, ladies and gentlemen. It's Call a clip it. show, everybody. It's a clip um, show. <laughs> it's a clip show. <laughs> Call it, people. Uh, so they meet up with their Swiss intelligent liaison named Coney, who is there to give them uh, the real estate tour. Um, and apparently Swiss intelligence has no official name because they're super secret. Um, yes. I didn't bother looking that up. but I didn't I'll, look that one up either. I'm just going to take them at their word. Yeah. Fine. Uh, that's fine. Um, I'm sure lots write, of research went into this. So why, yeah. why, why not believe them? Yeah. Um, they ride a helicopter to a train station, and then that train takes them into a mountain. 
and whoa, it's like Batman all up in there. Yeah. Um, and then they hop, uh, they ha- they hop into an elevator and they ride two minutes to the top. And oh my gosh, uh, the whole top of the mountain is hollowed out. Um, yeah. Like it's a perfect base. Why wouldn't Coney just skip the step of making Jonelle pick out a location or whatever? I guess agency. I, I guess. don't know. That's just my yeah. notes, word for word. Like, yeah. why, the fuck did, <laughs> why did she have to do the whole thing with the map to begin with? Why didn't Coney just be like, "Oh, I know a perfect place." Right. This is it. Done. <laughs> Easy. It's like he's the Switzerland expert. <laughs> right. <laughs> Simple. Finished. Um. So she's like, "We'll take it." Um. And then uh, Ari's like, "Hey, is this pole still work?" Um. <laughs> We'll sleep here. What's this tonight. swing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, try it out. <laughs> try it out. I I just need now we now need to watch Ghostbusters. I just gotta Clearly, yeah. Uh the chapter ends with Adrian saying to Rocky, win. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I yeah. mean Coney saying to Jonelle, kill them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It 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 it's the most intense. A uh, 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 real estate agent moment we have because at this point this guy I know he's intelligence and everything but it really does feel like he's just a real estate agent where he's just like well if you look over here there are four bathrooms uh, <laughs> and uh, this could be a nursery and yeah it, it's that kind of thing and then and then it's like okay great do you need anything from me kill the motherfuckers kill them dead stop their guts out feed them their children like okay Jesus all right. <laughs> Bake their children into a pie and feed it to them. <laughs> it's, it's, that was the idea. We were going to do I that. am Titus Andronicus. <laughs> <laughs> see, Lavinia, see what I do for thee. Uh, yeah. It's 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 pretty messed up. <laughs> but it just kind of so random funny. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you get a Titus reference in, in, in there. I'm... That's, I'm really pleased. I'm not gonna I'm lie. Pl- I'm pleased. That, that pleased feels that felt really good. Yeah, <laughs> it felt good. Felt good. I feel like um, my MFA wasn't wasted. It's not wasted. No, we're doing no. we're doing a podcast. How could it of be wasted? Course. That's all. That's all an MFA can be for anymore. <laughs> it's a, a master of podcasting arts. The yeah. the F is silent. Yes, yes. It's a it's a PH. M fe M fe Kill me. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's the first two chapters of this book. Uh, I mean, we've been given our thoughts as we've gone, but yeah, 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 yeah. How 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 you feeling head, heading into the 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 next two thirds of this book? I I don't know. I I I'm very we I'm I'm very of two minds about this. On one hand, uh there's been a lot of groundwork that's been set here that could lead to something really interesting. Right. Uh, but I, I, I've said that about books after the first third of them. So before. many books on this show. You kind have said of that a about. lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't think it usually works out. Uh, uh, so I, there are so many interesting ideas that have been thrown down that I I don't think are going to get any more attention than this. Yeah. Um, and it does feel very much like 
uh, with respect uh, to Diane Dwayne, because clearly she's a fucking pro. Like, like she's got right. a hell of a resume. Uh, this feels rushed. It feels padded. It, it, yeah. it, it, it's almost yeah. like a Michael Stackpole situation where we were really excited for his take on Dark Souls, and then it was like, "What is what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, we've got somebody <laughs> who has serious, legitimate chops, and uh, you're like, "Oh, you you needed to pay for a house." Got yeah, it. Yeah, you. This is you know, like there was a job. You said you clicked. You said yes, and then who that's could blame pretty it? much I, the extent of it. <laughs> I, I, and that's the thing for any of you who've been listening to us for this long, you know, I will, we give these authors shit. Uh, uh, I will admit happily. I wish I was in a position, uh, uh, for a couple of, uh, uh, you know, middle-aged tools to get on and be like, this feels like a rush job. And I can go, yeah, motherfucker. And it paid for a car. Like, like I don't, yeah, that's, I wish I was in that position. I I wish I had the opportunity to, to fuck around through an adaptation of a book. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, and I hey, and I'm, Munchkin two point Hey, there she she's is. Getting, she's <laughs> she's getting comfy now. Yeah, she, she knows she's a part of the show. She knows. <laughs> she knows. There she goes. Just full um, face. Just just a big old <laughs> big old grin. Uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that is like, could be cool. Could be mm-hmm. not cool. I don't have a lot of faith in the action writing sequences no. of this book. Um, and uh, it and also it, feels like what they're setting up here ought to be in a much longer novel. Yeah. We're a, Cause we're, we're like, a we're third a third of the way, of the way through. through and, and we're, you know, we're just getting a base. Uh, yeah. 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 It's like almost like, this should have been chapter and we say this so often is like hey, this probably should have been chapter one <laughs> yeah 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 kind of so happens um, a lot happens a hap- lot with this show happens a lot it's uh but i think that's obviously the benefit of you know uh, hindsight is looking of back course. on these works and and being able to identify and i think also you know we've kind of honed our our edge on these uh adaptations i think a little bit i mean it's been two years we've read a ton of them and um we've started to see patterns that maybe there's patterns and like this book started this book started too early this book started too early this book started too early yeah Um, and that's a common (laughs) thing that's like a common issue we've run into is just starting too early uh in the story it needed to pick we needed to pick up a little bit later um so i don't know um we'll see we'll see how the yeah. the rest of it turns out it's a short it's book. easy to read we're I still mean, it's we're still giving you it's still going to be three episodes even though yeah. it's a short book we're trust us we like making we we're trying to keep it three episodes if we had a 30 yeah. page book we would do tip 10 pages at a time that's not true, and it's it's verifiably untrue. But uh, verifiably untrue. We did that with uh, with Evelyn from uh, IMF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's absolutely untrue. Uh, not but, true. But it, it it is it it is at least an easy read. And I don't. Again, yeah. I'm not trying to sound condescending. It's it's just it's a it's not uh, bogged down too much in bullshit. It's a it's a page turn. Sure. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um. With all that being said, what are you playing? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I uh, I beat uh, Bramble. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 the Mountain King. Fantastic. Just just a great overall uh, experience. It's uh, if you like your insides, if you like your you know brothers, a tale of two sons, these kind of fantasy fairy tale horrifying uh, uh, consequences kind of uh, uh, story games. I, I highly recommend it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, the final boss was really fun and and uh, has a happy ending uh, despite how uh, bleak it is at a lot of moments. But it is it is equal parts whimsy and and just sheer folk horror. Uh, right. Which I love. That makes me happy. That is that is my aesthetic of choice. If you can be evil and cute at the same time, <laughs> I love you. Um, so I, I beat that. That was great. And uh, I have also started playing Amnesia, The Bunker. Oh. Which uh, you got me uh, I did. for our, uh, our two-year anniversary. As, a, uh, as an anniversary show. present. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've been talking to our friend Pim yeah. about this one. Uh, uh, Pim, who is uh, an excellent YouTuber uh, who talks quite a bit about horror games and that sort of thing. Uh, they're just wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, and we've kind of been bonding a little bit over this. Uh, and I asked Pim today, would it be weird if I said that this is kind of, I, I think, the best amnesia game? Yeah. And, and Pim made it clear, as like, I, I don't totally agree with you, but I see where you're coming from. And it's because I, I really enjoyed the first Amnesia. I wasn't as huge of a fan as Mach of Machine for Pigs. And I haven't played, as we discussed, I haven't, I haven't played the one that came before this. Right. But this feels like the best use of your Amnesia. Like, it's sure. got all the stuff that made the first game work. It's got, you know amnesia it's got a uh, really interesting flavor text that you find throughout the game it's got uh you know madness and all kinds of good stuff but it adds in this self-contained bunker that you are in the, a lot of back and forth back and forth it's almost like a, in a weird way it's like a horror metrovania metroidvania oh that's um, cool it's yeah. really interesting because it, it, you you got to go get an item to open this thing and do this to get to that thing and go back and forth and back and forth. And while you're doing that, you're keeping a generator running because you're being hunted by a horrible creature that lives in the walls, very alien isolation. Mm -hmm. You got to listen to the sound effects. You have to hear it creeping. You have to pay attention to where it is. Um, it digs holes like a rat and there are holes throughout the place and you can like find boxes and kind of shove them up against the holes. Right, I don't right. know if it's effective or not. Um, but it is fun. It is really, really fun. And uh, and I, I think there's some replay value to it. It's just a very effective use of puzzles and atmosphere. And World right. War One, which is an underrated war uh, in terms <laughs> of your your horror atmosphere. And yeah, uh, hey, World War One, fucking terrifying. Yeah, it, you the whole thing starts with you in the trenches, like running, you know, through the trenches stuff. It's you, you're p picking up things, crafting them. You are literally you've got a gun, but you're literally picking up one bullet at a time. And it is not. Uh, to use to, to scare away the monster, although you can use it. Again, very, very similar to Alien Isolation. Scratch is a very similar itch. 
Um, there's some jank. Uh, there is some indie game jank. Uh, I won't lie, but uh, it's worth it. And uh, the, the other thing that does bug me a little bit, they love saying on the loading screens, they'll say things like, uh, there are multiple solutions to everything here. If you can try, experiment, if you can think about it, if you can come up with it, you can probably do it. And I just want to go, okay, guys, there's a chained up door that I threw a grenade at and it didn't blow up the chain. And I understand that you right. want me to get the, the fucking chain cutters from this puzzle and blah, 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 to make it work. But let's not start sucking each other's dicks over, <laughs> oh, this is immersive. It is. No, it's not. It's not. It's a very, very solid horror game. But you, you have not created Deus Ex. So let's all just chill out. Stop sucking each other's dicks right now. Right. It just, it's just very, it's a, it is a really, really solid horror game. And that's enough. It doesn't have to be this like, oh, but you know, ooh, you could, no, you really can't. There, there, there aren't that many solutions to these puzzles. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, having, having said all that, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the awesome. hell out of it. It's great. You and, know uh, but most, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. You finish your thought. No, I was just going to say what the, the last game that I played, so. Oh, okay, just to comment on World War One being horrific. Yeah. Um, and I, so Metallica did a music video for uh, their song One. One. And spliced into that video are scenes from a film called Johnny Got His Gun. Ooh. And that is about a World War One veteran who comes back from the war with no arms or legs, eyes, ears, nose, or mouth. He is just trapped in his own body. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like that kind of like that kind of stuff from yeah. World War One is like it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Johnny got his gun. Uh I still want to watch I want to watch the movie. Um, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's uh, a Trumbo, yeah. Yeah, it's Dalton Trumbo's uh, first and only movie that he directed. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Okay. He he didn't. He's. He, I mean, he wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, oh well, yeah, yeah. But he the only movie he directed was Johnny Got His Gun, um, and it it's uh, starring uh, Timothy Bottoms and oh Jason Robards. I love me some Jason Robards. Nice. Uh, in my in my films. Um, he's in my favorite Western of all time. What's that? Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh! That's a good one. I haven't seen that one in years. Oh, so good. So good. Once Here's my recommendation. Go have yourself Trilogy Night. Go go mm -hmm. watch uh, some... And then do a, a, a wild card trilogy of... Um, do a wild card trilogy of the uh, of the Le of Leone westerns. Just like oh, pick yeah. three, you know. Well, and my Western. recommendation would be would be um, uh, I, I would I would definitely recommend throwing Once Upon a Time in the West in there. Um, nice. It's an amazing movie uh, with uh, you know it's got Chuck Bronson in it. Um, he doesn't really have to speak much, which really plays to his strengths. Sure. Um, <laughs> Not talking, <laughs> <laughs> just, staring. Um, just staring, and it has uh, Henry Fonda playing a villain who, which Ooh. at the time, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I have. I think I'm thinking of uh, 
uh, fistful of dollars. Yeah, no, you might be. No, check yeah. out Once Upon a Time. It doesn't have Clint Eastwood in it. It's yeah, okay. Charles okay. Bronson, Jason Robards, uh, Henry Fonda, and uh, Claudia Cardinal, who... Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll fall in love with Cla- Claudia Cardinal a little bit in this I'm movie. Sure. I'm sure. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, another the recommendation game? for you people. Oh, well, the last game, as you well know, uh, that I played was Hero Quest. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, because uh, Kevin and his family came to visit up here in old South Carolina, and uh, and they came over, and uh, and his kid was said, you got a board game we can play? And I said, ah. Uh, uh, because I mostly have geek board games and that kind of thing. And she took one look. I was like, well, come over here. Let's take a look at the game closet see if anything piques your curiosity. <laughs> and I don't think I told you this, Kevin, but like I, I took her over there and she looked and it just went, you could see in her face. I was like, what the fuck is all of this? <laughs> like, and I, okay. And I, and I said, well, there's, there's this one. And I, cause Hero Quest, for those of you who don't know, is a board game that originally came out in the mid early mid nineties. And it's a cooperative dungeon crawl, D and D light kind of experience, and it's very right. simple, very easy to play. And uh, and I thought she might be the right age. And I was like, "Well, do you want to play this? We can try that out." And she was like, "Yeah, sure." And by the end of it, the girl was role playing, unbidden, was yeah. like coming up with ideas of like things that her character was doing and everything. And uh, so me and Kevin and his wife and his daughter played Hero Quest and got wiped. Uh, got absolutely, we got party wiped, baby. We got totally party wiped. We just opened too many doors, let out too many nights, and uh, it didn't work out for us. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, I think it was, I think we were either going to get wiped. I think we we're going to get wiped regardless because we didn't have a lot enough. Our spellcasters didn't have a lot of spells left. Uh, right. We were pretty relatively low on hit points, and we just weren't getting... We're getting some bad luck of the draw on room searches. We uh, were. We got we got a lot of wandering monsters, and uh, you got yeah. hit by two traps in a row. I got hit and, by a few traps, and yeah, uh, and uh, that shaved some points off. But yeah, um, I did kill one of the uh, chaos knights or whatever they're called. Um, oh yeah, uh, they have a different name now. They have a different name, but you know, yeah. it's one of the one of the. Uh, Chaos Space Marines. I killed it. Um, Pretty much. Real nasty. Real <laughs> nasty motherfuckers. Real nasty one, too. Um, <laughs> we can keep this going, people. We can keep we this can going. keep this going forever. And that's the thing. I don't even know if anyone else realizes that that's a Ghostbusters reference. Um, it's just the intonation. is. It's, <laughs> it's, the intonation makes a big difference. <laughs> You get the real Ackroyd into it, you know, get and that, it's important. Got to get that full Ackroyd into it. Full, oh. full Canada Ackroyd in there, just <laughs> ah, the nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it must be some Twinkie. Um, so <laughs> what I've been playing. <laughs> yeah, what have you been from, playing, Kevin? Aside from Hero Quest. Aside from you, Hero Quest. Yeah. Um, and that was an amazing time. And That was so much at, fun. we, we got to do We've that been looking soon. at getting it ourselves just because it, it was a lot of fun to play. And Camilla had She really liked it. Last. I was not sure. With kids, you know, with cooperative games, they want to go eat somebody. Way. Yeah, it really could. But she had a blast. I was, I was She thrilled. had an absolute blast. Um, let's see. What have I been playing? I'm still playing the System Shock remake. Um, I didn't actually play that much because I was we were traveling, so... Um, uh, you know what I have been playing and I forgot to mention that I beat power wash simulator. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> you beat your relaxation time game. I beat my relaxation time game. Oh, um, it's tragic. <laughs> it's tragic. There's some bonus levels, but you know, I rolled credits and then I was like, I guess I'm done. <laughs> or am I? Or am I? Um, yeah, I beat Power Wash Simulator. So it's like, all right, well, what's another game? And then I, I picked up, uh, it's like House Flipping Simulator or something like that. Okay, so you flipper. can get a lot of the same. A lot of the same dopamine hits. It's not, huh. it, it doesn't control as well uh, as, as Power Wash uh, Simulator, uh, but it's fine. Um, Did you ever play Lawnmower Simulator? I haven't. I got no. that one last year and really enjoyed the let's throw on a podcast and mow this rich guy's lawn uh, aspect of it. I really uh, that uh, might lawn. that might tickle something proper. That might yeah. that might really that might really oh that might be the what I'm yeah that might be what I'm yeah. feeling. Up, upgrade your lawnmower and you know you gotta you start out by doing a little recon you go through make sure there aren't any toys or rocks or anything in the tall grass and yeah it's oh. it, it's pretty relaxing I put I put a uh, an upsetting amount of uh, time into that one yeah recommended by one friend and that is you that is me <laughs> <laughs> that is me uh, you're, <laughs> this is not, this game is not for everyone. It's barely even for me, but worth a look. <laughs> it's, your, <laughs> it's your review. <laughs> That's my review. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just on my path. This is just on my path to settling into like eventually playing like Euro truck simulator or. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I haven't played Euro truck simulator or American truck simulator in a while. But I have very fond memories of those games. It is yeah. very, very zen. I quite enjoy those games. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that that might be where I'm going with my yeah. gaming. It's just slowly down that rabbit hole of just like <laughs> when, you're either playing for, you're either playing that or from software games. Like, or, just like, like it's <laughs> either that or it's either that or something that is that is like notoriously difficult. Right, and right. There's really no in between for me. It's like either difficulty, or I'm just gonna play. I'm just gonna do everyday tasks, but on my on my uh, Steam Deck. That's that's <laughs> flawless. I love that for you. I think that makes so much sense. Actually, that makes. I've known you for a long time, and that is it. You nailed it. That's perfect. I love it. It's like hardcore dad mode, is what it is. Yes, it's just it's like. I need- <laughs> I feel like I didn't dad enough today. I got to dad yeah. some more before <laughs> like, I go to bed. It's more dadding in. I got some more dad me today. I didn't yeah, build yeah. anything. Oh, I didn't. Oh. No power tools today. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the, my point with my problem with House Flipper is that it doesn't necessarily control that well with a controller. Uh, um, it's one of those games where you're like, yeah, it probably is better with mouse and keyboard. You got to uh, play those games with a controller. It's, yeah. You got to lean back. You gotta lean back, just like this, just like, just like a little, little head tilt, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. mouth open. Yeah, um, yeah. If a moth can't like land on you on you without noticing, you're doing it wrong. Exactly, exactly. You're you're playing too hard at that point, and playing and too no one hard wants that. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I, I should just make a meme of myself where it's like leaning back and it's like sim games and then like <laughs> leaning forward it's from so <laughs> yeah. that's it that's it 
Oh god. Uh, well, this has been a this has been a heck of an episode. But before yeah. we go, um, we have a Patreon and actually a slight update. I'm changing the URL of the Patreon to Patreon.com/slash/PixelItPod because yes. that brings it in line with literally every other thing that we're on. Uh, I didn't want to make the change until I announced it in an episode. Uh, but going forward, if you're looking for us on Patreon, it's going to be patreon.com slash pixelitpod. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, go there. It's a great website. It's yeah, a great website full of great things. We've actually recently uh, uh, announced uh, a super exclusive book that we are getting ahead of basically everyone to read uh, for this summer and the only way you can find out ahead of time what we will be reading is to be a Patreon subscriber and you know you want that special you know knowledge you want it uh, and and you know what if you want to take pe- part in our polls and get access to special bonus episodes that we're going to be yes. rolling out soon uh, we recorded while we were in person last uh, last week we recorded some special bonus episodes that are going to be uh, yes, for really for our sweet these. our sweet sweet baby patrons, yes. Um, so uh, look forward to it, and uh, yeah. you know, let's let's it's fun. A dollar, a dollar a month. You, a you can afford a dollar a month. You can afford. You know, a dollar. You, you're you're buying the video games for fifty dollars a month. So yeah. give and us, so are we, and so are we, and we need your <laughs> money to keep doing to that. help to help us do that. <laughs> And then you start a Patreon for your thing to get games for your purpose. And, and then uh, she, just, she starts a Patreon and they start a Patreon. And, start a Patreon. And, and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And before it's you like, know it, the, the snake is deep throating its own tail. Just, it's just down a, as far as it can go. It's called a Patreon Ouroboros. <laughs> it just, and it goes far enough that it winks out of existence and just yeah so i mean this is just really a ploy to end the universe i'm Um, looking forward to that that's gonna be a lot of fun should be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. uh let's get this gravity out of here you know Uh, speed of light who needs it who i don't need any constants let's get these constants out of my my, out of my face i'm sorry laws of thermodynamics you're not welcome here anymore you're not welcome here metaphysical constructs of space and time no, no, just end it all. We're good. Shake my fist at you. Uh, give me the, <laughs> give me the neither warm nor cold embrace of the void. Uh, Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. Really looking forward to that one. Really looking forward to it. But that'll yeah. do it for tonight's episode. Uh, aside from Patreon, please go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at PixelitPod on our website PixelitPod.com, uh, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, and we'll have special things coming through the newsletter. Don't you worry about it. Um, and aside from all of that, please leave us a like or a five-star rating or a whatever on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Uh, and if there's a comment box, just comment like, hey, Pixel is the best. Capiche? Yeah, yeah you, don't um, have to, you don't have to go into like, great detail or just or like anything. chef's just, kiss or something yeah you know yeah that's all that's all that's, that's all, all that's all we need to do uh and on that note have a good night everyone bye <laughs>